0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Bench Warmer. How are we doing today? As always, I'm your host, Kobe Kanan. Given the circumstances of everyone's lives in the moment, during quarantine, due to the pandemic, it's allowed most of us to reflect, see how our lives are. Are we satisfied? Did I do the right thing? Did I make the right decision? Am I happy with how the last few years have gone? This time off has allowed everyone to reflect and categorize their lives. Am I a risk taker? Do I play it safe? Am I boring? Am I adventurous? How do I spend my time? Do I waste time? Or do I consume time? Given all the time off, I've come to the realization that I need to take more risks. I need to go for things more. I need to be willing to go out of my comfort zone to achieve things that I didn't think were achievable. Have goals that I don't even think I can accomplish. That's the beauty of goals. You can make some slap, slap crap goal. Today I'll walk around the block once. Or you could say to yourself, In three months, I'll run a marathon. I'll apply for that job I wanted. I'll tell people how I really feel. I'll be willing to put myself out there. This pandemic has allowed us to reflect. Reinvent yourself. Am I an asshole? Am I nice enough to people? Do I blow people off? Do I have an ego? Do I consider myself to be better than others? Am I making the world a better place? Or do am I a kiss ass? Am I a smart ass? This is the time to come to your conclusion. What do you want to be remembered as? Do you want to know, be known as the asshole? The guy who walks by, doesn't say hi? The person who's a smart ass, who people don't want to be around, or you do do you want to be that person that comes out of this pandemic, this quarantine, and makes light of every moment, takes advantage of every opportunity, doesn't let the world pass you by, but you take the bull by the horns. Now as I'm talking. No person is a perfect person. Every person has drywall. They got the plaster. They got the storage bin out front. Because every person is a working person. It's a work in progress. That's the beauty. Years go by. And who am I to say anything? I'm 20 years old and I'm talking about like I'm the almighty. But let's face it. Everyone my age thinks they're woke. That we know everything. I, I think I know everything. I, I I have an ego, just like every single person has an ego. Anyone who tells you they don't have an ego, they have an ego in some field, some form, or they're full of shit. Now, it's, simp- it's not the simplest thing to make goals, but I urge you to try and come up with some challenge, because the art of challenge pushes us to our breaking point. Our epiphany moment. Our aha. Didn't know I can do that. Sky's the limit. It allows us to fulfill human potential. Which is endless. The person you ne- you want to be. You will never become. If you stay the same way you are. The song Hey You by Pink Floyd. Hey you. It's a calling out to every single man, woman, and child. You can do better. And we can all do better. That's the beauty of life, the fragility. The moments we want, the moments we cherish. The things we strive for, the goals we want, the goals we achieve. The decisions we make to go to those decisions. And to achieve those goals. Now before quarantine hit, I felt like I had fulfilled something and made the skies the limit for me. Now it's no secret in the given last episode of The Bench Warmer that I am not the most athletic person. I'm a bench warmer, never had to be faced with a starting pressure, had to be asked to fulfill my athletic potential, challenge my body physically and mentally. But for some shit reason, I decided to run a marathon. Let me give you the foreground, the background, whatever it is. Definitely used the wrong word right there. I consider myself a person who likes to go to the beach a lot. But I, I needed to find a way to go during the winter, during the cold time. So I started running on the beach, running on the sand. Started off maybe half a mile. Then we urged to a mile. Then we went to a mile and a half, then to two miles, then to three miles, then to four miles, then to five miles. I'll be honest. I didn't run fast, didn't run hard all the time, ran slow. I was a kid in gym class in the back who the coach was always telling the whole class, you don't want to finish behind him. And it hit me one day. Why am I doing this? What is the point? The question that sets up every goal and challenge you aspire to overcome. I had no idea. I'd run a 5k every year, three miles, which is almost nothing. And I get tired from that. I would have to train for that. Pathetic. Where's the challenge in that? I reflected on my life on that point and I said to myself, I live life comfortably. I don't urge to do things that I'm scared of, that I'm fearful of, things I think I can't achieve, things I didn't think were possible. I've never tried it. I'm a worry wart. I play it safe. I don't risk it for the biscuit. Yet I ask myself the question, what am I doing? What's my point? So it dawns on me. Maybe I'll run uh, the 10K this year. So I keep running and running. January hits. New Year's resolution. In my mind, I'm like, I've been running on the beach every day, three to four miles. I'm getting better at it. When I first started, I would get winded, man. Barely could run. You run 10 feet, you get tired, you stop. Then the next day, you run 15 feet, you stop. Then the next day, you run 20 feet, stop. Then you just gradually work and work and work. Nothing is easy. Nothing is for certain. But if you continue to wake up, get your ass down there, and push it, the results will will reveal themselves to you that you are progressing at every point. So five months went of me slowly, inch by inch, row by row. We're gonna make this garden grow. I was running. I I did it by time. Can I run ten minutes without stopping? Can I run twenty minutes from without stopping? Can I run thirty minutes without stopping? I urged my way to run up to four hours without stopping. I looked myself in the mirror and I was happy. I felt accomplished. But I didn't have that certification, that moment of, that one moment where you feel like you've climbed the mountaintop. The ceiling is the roof. Potential is endless. So I look at, I look myself in the mirror and I say, Kobe. Kobe. Where's this next challenge? And this question was asked around January 20th of 2020. Six days later. I was at work. And this girl comes into our kitchen and she starts crying. Kobe's in a helicopter crash. And my childhood hero, Kobe Bryant. The man I idolized. The man who every child in Los Angeles strived to be. A man who loved people from all shapes, sizes, backgrounds, colors, religious affiliations. To love the game of basketball. Because he showed determination, toughness, persistence will get you where you want to be. Mamba mentality. Me against the world. I can do anything I want to if I want to actually do it. He's my hero. There is not a lot of similarities though with the five time NBA champion, Hall of Famer, Kobe Bryant, and the five foot ten five foot eight, five foot nine on a good day. Filipino, half white, Syrian boy from Pacific Palisades named Kobe. Not a lot of similarity. I was a bench warmer. I was a quitter. I didn't like to push myself mentally. Then I came to the realization. My hero had just died. Passed away. In a a way, I felt lost. Like a part of me had vanquished. The whole city was mourning. This man lived a life of determination and challenge. And I call him my hero. Yet, do I live like my hero? Do I strive to be like my hero? I, I, I used to tell myself I did. But you should never live exactly the life of your hero. If that's an actor, you're never going to be Adam Sandler going, you know, my Maya, my uh, Maya used to say to me, Adam, what are you going? You're never going to be Adam Sandler. You're never going to be Kobe Bryant. You're never going to be Neil Armstrong. So stop practicing those lines, those impressions, those jump shots, walking on the moon. And you know what you should practice from your hero? Their mental determination and persistence. So it dawned on me, I need some challenge. I need to flip on my Mamba mentality. So it's January 26th and I go, Screw it. We're riding the LA Marathon. And I signed up that night. January 27th. I went for a run the day after Kobe passed. Feeling lost. Feeling like I need to do something. I need to challenge myself. Live that Mamba mentality. That night, I ran for more miles than I'd ever done. The top I'd ever run was 10 miles. That night I ran 16. It's gone for four and a half hours. Three and a half, four, whatever you want to say. And I proved it to myself. That's not physical toughness. Your body will always adapt and react with you. What you have to train is your mind. Your mental state. Nothing will make me quit. Nothing will make me tap out. Anything that you think is achievable is achievable. Anything you want to do, you can do. So I signed up that next night for the LA Marathon. The most ridiculous $300 I've ever spent. $300 to run for five hours. They are asking you to pay $300 so you can get a t-shirt and a GD medal and torture yourself for five hours. Who would do that? Who would do that to themselves? Pay for their own tomb. Their own casket. Their own self-torture. Who would do that? You're looking at him. Well, you're not looking at him. You're hearing him. I'll, I'll tell you. The determination. I was at an all-time peak. I was like, look, we're doing it. We're game time. We're live, boys. And then I saw that $300 total. And I was like, screw that. so here we are a month away mentally i'm ready physically i feel okay but i wanted to feel 100 percent. i was about 62 percent at this point we had a month you know to make up the rest so we start training hard 12 miles a day 10 miles a day 50 50 mile weeks. 70 mile weeks. I had one 70 mile week I'll never forget. Certain days I'd feel sore. And then the training would be so robust that I'd start to get used to it. I was starting to get ready. I'd run so much. I'd leave the house at 10 a.m. and I'd get home at 4. Run, here's the beauty of running, you, you see things that you don't see when you're driving. You pay attention to the little things that make your city amazing. Stopping at a gas station, sitting in a park, eating a granola bar, and sucking down a Gatorade. And watching the birds converse, man. Something I'd never done before. Now I see why old people like to feed the birds. It's relaxing. It's exhilarating. You run and run and run and run and run. And I started to get burnt out. Burnt out. Run, 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 run. I was running in my dreams. Changed everything about my life that month to get myself ready. What I ate, no more whipped cream pizzas, tortilla chips. Doritos, Taco Bell, strictly healthy food. Smoothies, juice places, Sunlife, acai bowls. I felt like I was drinking pond water. It's funny because you're, you you want to be healthy and go into these places. You want to. But in the back of your mind it makes no goddamn sense. Why would I spend $12 on some wheat grass and a banana shake when I could get a nice double-double fries, four by four for under eight bucks? Why would I do that to myself? The value of money does not cover healthy food. Does not cover healthy food. You walk into a place and it feels like they're speaking Swahili. Do you want bone broth in that, sir? Helps with the colon. What are you saying to me? I don't know what bone broth is. Wheatgrass? Celery juice? Pomegranate skin? Cucumber seeds? Where are we going with this, people? So that was my life. Paychecks gone down the drain so I could suck down on some wheatgrass and bone broth. And they say it gets you ready for the marathon. Frankly, I think it's a placebo. So I train and train and train. A year and a half of just running, running on the beach, three miles a day, then two months of running ten to fifteen miles a day. Starting to get burnt out. Starting to overdo it. Do something you do something so much you start to hate it. We're back to square one. Because running I hated when I started. But I just kept at it. You keep at something long enough, you'll start to love it. School. Work. You have to you have to love something if you want to succeed in it. You have to be fully committed to reach the mountaintop. If you're going to do something, do it 100%. Take no prisoners, Mamba Mentality. So here I am. I've said here I am many times on this podcast. I apologize. It's in my working diction and vocabulary. If you have a problem with it, turn this podcast off right now. I feel ready. I feel, too, I feel determined. The feet are strong. We got new shoes, new sock new running socks that costed a fortune. Pretty sure they look like normal running socks. Every sport equipment that you ever use, besides cleats or things you need that are necessities to play the sport, like balls, or a placebo. I remember in elementary school, everyone would have that weird sports band that's supposed to make you balanced. What are people doing? Everyone wore it. Frankly, I have no idea why. I'd play against these same kids in basketball. And it looked like they were on a ice skating rink. False advertising, folks. That's a placebo. So we're ready. We feel prepared. And then a running coach told me, don't run for two weeks before the marathon. A week to a week and a half. You got to save all the energy. And you got to eat. Now, when someone gives you an excuse to be a glut, take it and run. It's like getting a license to kill. You're telling me I can eat like a madman and there's no consequences? There's only additions, positivity from eating like a glut? Sign me up. Sign me up any day of the week. I will eat like a madman. Spaghetti. Hamburgers. Salads. Well, eh. Salads, sandwiches, energy, converts to better times with running. Then COVID-19 hits, starts to hit the states. This is like March 1st, and here comes the talk. Are they going to cancel the LA Marathon? Are they? Here I am. Full mama mentality, eating like a madman, ran hundreds of miles over the last months just to get ready in a fight or flight mode, mentally agile, sharp, ready to go. And now I'm starting to hear whispers, it might not happen. All that work for nothing. I was nervous. COVID-19, who wants to get it? Just hit the states. We don't know anything about it. And you're about to run a marathon with thousands and thousands of people running, sweating, breathing hard next to you. That doesn't sound like a recipe for a pandemic to explode in. Let's just risk it for the biscuit. It's funny because... You start to get murmurs of false glimmers of hope before something big is about to happen. My last run, I can remember so vividly, so vividly. Here I am going on a 14-mile run a week and a half before the marathon. Get the muscles warm. Get the legs moving. Show myself, hell yeah, you can do it, baby. Here we go. Eight miles in. Bloody nose, bleeding everywhere, all over my shoes, my shirt. Parents aren't home. I'm 14 miles away from home. What do I do? I came home and I look like I came out of The Exorcist or Carrie or any horror film. I look like an extra at Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. This is a sponsorship for Universal Studios. Sponsorship pending. They're thinking about joining the Bench Warmer. Nevertheless, I look like an extra from a horror film. Sign me up for The Shining. The elevator doors might as well have hit me. Blood everywhere. That doesn't sound like a sign of success for the marathon. So I take a week off getting ready for the marathon. Marathon starts at 7 30. At Dodger Stadium and I signed up for the bus at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. the shuttle. They had a 5 a.m., a 6 a.m., 6 30 a.m. and I picked the 4 a.m. A 4 a.m. shuttle. So that means I have to wake up at 3 a.m. suck down a banana get some cofefe get some coffee in the system some black coffee little milk little sugar. Get the energy ready. Have my meal. And then go on a bus at 4 a.m. to Dodger Stadium. Now they say, sleep a lot the weekend. Sleep a lot before the marathon. I'll take you into the mind of Kobe. Of Kobe. Marathon's on Sunday. Friday night. I get the opportunity to go to Hermosa Beach and stay at my friend's house. Part of me said, hey, man, you shouldn't do it. Get some sleep, be in a comfortable place, somewhere you know, and just get mentally prepared. Mentally prepared. The other part of me said, let's go to a beach house and have fun. And maybe, like, the sand in the ocean will help me relax. So I went. That Friday night, went to bed at 11 p.m. Generous timing. Plan to get up at 9 p.m. 9 a.m. Not 9 p.m. That'd be a madman. There are moments when you sleep. I think not being able to sleep is one of the worst feelings in the world like you're thinking about like the weirdest things when you can't sleep. Like the menu at a juice bar. What your first grade teacher told you. That roller coaster, wasn't that crazy 2 years ago at Knott's Berry Farm? And you're just tossing and turning. And you start blaming the pillow. Oh, I need to be on the cool side or I can't sleep. Maybe it's my my form. Maybe my toes need to be curled. Maybe it's cuz I'm only wearing socks. I can't sleep. It's a problem, not sleeping terrible. So it's 11 PM and I have one of those on and off every 15 minute sleeping nights, sleep for 15 minutes, awake for 15 minutes. And that went on till the morning. So I probably slept for three hours total. If you add up all the 15 minutes, all the 15 minutes equal to three hours. And I was supposed to run a marathon in the next 24 hours. Not a recipe for success. Then they tell you, eat clean. Don't eat anything stupid, anything bad that might cause a chain reaction. The night before, the day before. Here I am, we go to a breakfast burrito place in Hermosa Beach. And I'm like, I need to get on some protein, man. Give me some bacon, give me some avocado, green beans, tomatoes, eggs, potatoes, yams, you know. Fantastic song. Terrible song. And I decide to order a big fat burrito. Now, it's not a myth that they say about frijoles causing the gas is change. It is not a myth. Houston, we have a problem. So I order. I order and I order. And I eat and I eat. That night... I feasted on some protein. I had a lot of energy going into the morning. It was a nervous sleep, but an excited sleep. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Wake up at 3 a.m. I want to throw up. It dawned on me. All I've ever done is a 5K three miles, and around mile two and a half, it became hard for me. Mentally, I had to push myself to finish those three miles. Under a year ago, I did that in July. This was March. So I thought to myself, what the hell are you getting yourself into? So mentally, I was ready a month ago, but physically I wasn't. Now the day of the race, the week of the race, Mentally, I started to falter. Three miles, so you're telling me I have to do basically nine 5Ks in a row? Nine 5Ks, and I volunteered to do this and pay 300 bucks? What? Are you a moron? Or do you just like making yourself suffer? That's the thoughts that were going in my mind. So here we go, 3 a.m., we're up. Now we get to the shuttle, and I get onto the shuttle, and I basically shat my pants. I see all these people looking like Olympians, ripped, huge. And there's me sitting on the corner holding a a banana, an RX bar, and a water bottle. All these people look like they got IV bags pumping fluids into them, putting KT tape on, getting ready. What? Get to Dodger Stadium. I thought it was going to take an hour. That's why I picked the 4 a.m. so I wouldn't be late. It took 20 minutes. So I get to Dodger Stadium around 4.30. The race is at 7 a.m. I charge my phone and my AirPods. That's it. So I get to Dodger Stadium, and what am I supposed to do for the next two and a half hours? It's 48 degrees out. I'm in shorts and a shirt. And I got nothing to do. Couldn't play on the phone because then you lose all the battery. Then you got no music to play. Then you can't call your parents when you finish. Then you have no way to get home. Then you got to run home after running 26 miles. I wasn't thinking. 4 a.m. shuttle out the door if any of you ever run the mile or run the marathon. Excuse me. So here I am sitting. Just, I was basically talking to myself, pe- pepping myself up, prepping myself up for the, for that first hour. We're live, Kobe. You got this. Be the ball man. Picture yourself. Envision. You got this. Good thoughts. Good vibes. That didn't help. So then it dawned on me. Race starts at around seven, six fifteen. Houston, we got a problem. Those frijoles are starting to make some noise. They're rumbling and they want out. They want no part of this 26 miles. They wanted to walk the plank before things got real. They wanted nothing to do with running for the next four hours. So we use a Portageon, fantastic Portageon. But again, this is March, early morning around 6 a.m., it's dark out. And for some reason, the people who run the marathon do not have brains. I pay $300. I expect a porta John with a light in it. No light. There's no lights in it. All it has is a lock. So I step into this thing and I can't see a thing. Can't find the toilet paper. Can't find anything. It's pitch black. No light. And a porta potty. And it's 48 degrees out. So here I am. Trying to manage the load, get rid of the free frijoles so we could run light. At this point, we were going to have to run heavy, and it wasn't going to look pretty. So I had to find a way to squat while holding my phone in one hand using the flashlight so I could see what I'm doing and focus. That turned into a 40-minute ordeal. A little stage fright. And not being able to see didn't help. So that happened. 7 a.m. Supposed to start. I put myself in the area where you expected to run a four-hour, 15-minute mile. 4-hour, 20-minute, 4-hour, 30-minute marathon, which is fine. First timer, around a 9-minute mile pace, that's perfectly fine. I did not account for how many people were going to be there. I was in the front of the line, then I had to use the portage on, got out, might as well added 40,000 people out there, all next to each other. So now I start freaking out about the COVID. Sitting there in the cold, People breathing on me, farting on me right next to me, trying to make small talk when mentally I'm thinking I got to run for the next four to five to six hours. Craziness. Craziness. What are you getting yourself into? So we start making our way up. go ladies and gentlemen it's time for the la marathon 2020 on your marks get set go i'm excited i'm ready to go it's all i've been training for this is the mountaintop time to climb face the challenge and prove yourself you can do anything you put your mind to so i'm like oh here we go we're just gonna out out the gates going i had to wait 10 minutes 10 to 15 minutes to even get to the race start line there were so many damn people they said go i didn't even feel like i was running it was a power it was a slow power walk to the start line then we start going my pace was supposed to be around 8 minutes to a 9 minute mile that first mile i ran at at like 555 pace, 555 pace. It was funny because it was at Dodger Stadium. So I was running so fast. I was trying to make up time since I was in the back, even though it didn't matter because they trace by your bib. But I didn't know that at the time. So here I am bolting. I look like Secretariat, like a war horse. Might as well put a jockey on me and get me in the Kentucky Derby because I was flying, baby. So we go and go. It's funny, you turn the corner at Dodger Stadium and I see like 80 runners veer to the side. And they start dropping their pants and pissing on the grass next to Dodger Stadium. You gotta go, you gotta go. They didn't They didn't want to deal with that dark portage on like me. So I go and go. I feel amazing. I am gliding. I was like, man, I could do this for a living. Sign me up for the Olympics already. I am Usain Bolt. So I'm going and going. It's funny. I picked a soundtrack that Forrest Gump listened to. The Jackson Brown song. I just kept running. So we went and went. And I ran way too fast. It was crazy. I think I got through six miles. Six to eight miles at a... 720 pace, which is two minutes ahead of what I was supposed to do. I was flying, baby, going through Chinatown, Echo Park. I, I thought I was going to finish in three hours. I was aiming for five hours just to finish before five hours to begin with. But I was on pace for three hours and 10 minutes after the first half. So we enter Hollywood. And we're seeing the Wax Museum, all this. It's a funny story because a week before the marathon, I went to the Oscars as part of this fan experience. And it took us about an hour and a half to get from the Oscars back home. So I thought to myself, it took me an hour and a half by car to get home from Hollywood. How the hell is it going to... How long is it going to take me to get from there home on my two feet? As a biped, not a motor vehicleist, a biped. So we're going through Hollywood. You see all these interesting characters. They're handing out things. They're handing out jello shots, beer, popcorn, 7 Eleven Slurpees. No one's taking them. Who would? No one's a madman. And I get these like little juice packs that you're supposed to suck on, like these. These puddings that are supposed to help. I had four of them. For some reason, I decided the seventh mile. Why don't we just take them all at one time? So I start burping and regurgitating this stuff. Mile 13. Then we get to mile like 16. I'm still feeling good. Then we get into Beverly Hills and shit hit the fan. Starting to get Dizzy. Dizzy. That dawns me. I just ran 16 miles at a way too fast pace. Now we're up to probably like 3 hours and 30 minutes of a pace. So we're going and going. Beverly Hills. And no one's handing out water. So now I start to get dehydrated. And here's the problem. You can't break your stride in a marathon. Because once you do, after 16 miles, your body's just in this repetition movement. So it's just, it, just going to keep going. But if you stop it, it's impossible to start up again. So we start slowing down. At one point, I tripped on my own feet and fell over. Scratched myself a little, but I got up and everything changed from that point. I didn't even want to listen to music. It was so bad. I couldn't think. I wanted to quit. We're deep into Beverly Hills. We're probably around nine miles away from the finish line. About to finish Beverly Hills, head into Brentwood and Westwood. And I'm having second thoughts. The whole point was to finish in under five hours. At this point, I just wanted to finish. Didn't know if I'd had to walk, I'd have to crawl, had to hop. I knew I was going to finish. I had to finish. But I couldn't will myself at many points. Couldn't start the engine back up. The key was in the ignition. The engine wouldn't start. It takes one stupid thing to get me going again. I get to a water tent, and I take a water... And you're supposed to throw it on the ground, but my wrist was so tired, I threw it. There was a little bit of water. Hits a lady right in the face. Water splats her everywhere. So that happens. And there's either two things you can do in that situation. You could sit there and take it like a man, or you can run. But remember, I wasn't in the mood for running. I couldn't start the engine back up. But when you do something stupid like that, you take the ladder. The engine started, the adrenaline came, I had to run so she didn't know what happened, or what hit her. She's covered in my saliva and water, and I bolt. I run. I'm saying I'm running, but I don't even know if I'd call it running. I was hopping. I was running and not moving my legs. I was taking the like a the the m- most ridiculous stride, but I was gonna will myself to finish. So you could scratch the three-hour time out the window. And we just had to run. At this point, I was seeing ninety-year-olds run past me, eighty-year-olds run past me, pregnant ladies, guys pushing strollers. Mentally and physically, I'd prepared myself to finish. I didn't mentally prepare myself for the roadblocks that were going to come along on the challenge. So I'm stuck in a predicament. How do you start the engine once it falters? How do you mentally reset and get to the place you want to go? One thing I did I played Eye of the Tiger. And I got back into it. I put on my soundtrack inspirational defecation music. And I ran like the wind. If the wind was extremely slow on that given day. home stretch, San Vicente. I'm bolting. I start to get into familiar areas. And I start to go. I start to go. I start to run, baby. Full stride. I knew I had family and friends at the finish line. I turned onto Ocean Avenue, and I could see the finish line. Then I see this person holding a fat head of me. My sister. She runs on to the the place where I'm running. Then my two friends run on with a pizza from La Monica's Brentwood Pizza. So I'm running with my sister. My two friends, I see my dad. My friend's holding a pizza box. Old people beating me. And I'm thinking, I'm in the right place. Got the family, the friends there to support me. Time to finish. Never been prouder in my life. So I run. And I have to leave at one point. We got probably like 100 yards, longest 100 yards I've ever felt in my life. I could see the finish line. It's a place I've trained before, Ocean Avenue, San Vicente, and that was the longest 100 yards of my life. I was at the peak of the mountain, about to reach the top. Points I felt like I was gonna just fall and pass out, but we ran and ran. We got to the finish line. We got to the finish line, and I started crying started crying, not because physically I was tired, but mentally. I didn't know what hit me. Felt like I got hit by a bus. Mentally. Nothing I'd ever experienced before. So here we are. At the finish line. Mentally exhausted. Physically, I can't even put into words the feelings I felt. I couldn't move my legs. Couldn't move my feet. Couldn't feel them. I had to, like, use my arms and hands and move my legs with them to get walking. Exhausted. Close to 60,000 steps done. Physically, I was tired, but emotionally and mentally, I was worn out. I started to cry. I just accomplished something I didn't think was doable. Something, six months ago, if you told me I was going to do it, I would have put, all the money in the world against that bet. I would have guaranteed you there's no way I could do it. And then I'm hit with this, this security guard telling me you got to keep moving. Sir, I just ran 26 miles, hit a lady with some water, and you're telling me You got to keep moving. You have to keep moving. He says, grab a blueberry bagel. Get your medal. And then you guys got to just keep going. Too many people. You pay 300 bucks to torture yourself. They say, grab blueberry bagel. A stale blueberry bagel. Let me mention to you and let it be known. Then he says, "I said, okay, I'm gonna go back to my family and friends, right down Ocean Avenue." He says, "No, you can't. Security threat." And I said, "Do I look like a security threat? If I did anything, I couldn't even run. You couldn't. E- I couldn't even run. I couldn't even walk. I could barely walk without wobbling and falling over. I felt like a robot. I I, I had no control of my lower body. My legs felt like frozen tundras." Of ice cubes made into legs. My legs were boiling hot from the blood and the muscles being so overly used and warm. He says, you got to walk six blocks in and then four blocks up and then your parents can meet you there. Are you crazy? Or do you not understand what I just did? You're asking me to go even farther. Farther, absolute craziness. I don't understand what you're saying to me. You want me to keep going, so I find this biking guy who has a canopy in the back, who's giving people rides that were advertised as free by the people who worked at the marathon to their family and friends. So I get on. I I I go eight blocks down. He drops me off and hits me with, "That'll be thirty dollars, please." I just ran a marathon. I didn't even know what the the, what money even meant anymore. I couldn't think of anything. I said, "Shit, I don't have a credit card. I don't have money on me." I thought it was free. I'm not gonna run from this guy. What am I gonna do? Then it dawned on me: sock money. I had put $30 exactly in my sock at the bottom of my foot before I ran the marathon. I don't know why. I don't know how. I just did it. Never done it before. It's from that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, I guess, that I saw the night before. influenced me to put money in the bottom of my sock. So I give it to him. He's going to try and charge me 30 bucks to go six blocks. He can have my $30 cash of sweat, blood, and my tears. Take it like a man, I said. He grabbed it, found my family. Now, my family got in their car and drove to get me, and I sat on a curb. They got to me, and I couldn't get off that curb. Took my sister and mother, putting me in the car to get me up. We drove home. I felt like I was seeing stars. I started hallucinating. Mentally and physically, I was a mess. I was tired. Get home. I had big plans to have a big lunch with my friends. Celebrate. I sat in bed. And I just never got back up. It's not because I didn't want to get back up. I couldn't get back up. I felt like I was in the movie Misery. And I was James I Couldn't move my legs. I was iced. And I was just laying there. Tired. Then my friends came to visit. I felt like I was at a hospital getting greeted by some people. They looked at me like I was crazy because I couldn't move. Couldn't move my legs. Couldn't move anything. Got visited. I was waiting. I was waiting for Kathy Bates to walk in. Hit me with a sledgehammer in the legs. Maybe it'd wake it up. Maybe it'd wake them up. Because they felt dead to me at that point. But then I thought to myself, that was worth it. The feeling I feel now, physically, is temporarily, temporary. But mentally, forever, I'll know I can do something if I really want to. So I posed a question to any listener listening. Run your marathon. It doesn't have to be 26 miles. doesn't even have to be a marathon. Something you never thought you would be able to be capable of doing. Try it. Will yourself to it. Do something you never thought was imaginable to do. In the realm of possibilities. Give yourself a challenge that you think you won't be able to do. Cause we give ourselves challenges like that are pretty easy to do. Eat more vegetables. Just put a Just eat a tomato. Where's the challenge in that? Stack the cards against, stack the deck against you. And mentally and physically, you'll find that you can do it. And you will thank yourself after you find your marathon. Because it'll prove it to yourself and you'll get a whole new mentality that I can do anything I want to. Mentally, I am as sharp as I want to be. Any challenge you put yourself to, physically, you'll be able to do. I guarantee it. It's the mental side. The part of you that's telling you to quit. but you say, I'm not quitting today. I am finishing this and then we are going to have a talk about you getting out of my mind because there should be no quit. Only do. Sounding like Yoda now. So Mamba mentality. Kobe Bryant has inspired many, many of us. Here I am getting emotional. Inspired many of us. He won games won his championships, scored the ball, made plays we never thought were imaginable, proved the world that a 17-year-old kid could captivate a city, a country, a world, take over a team, a franchise known to have so many greats, larger-than-life characters and players, and become the greatest ever to do it. Captivate a franchise as a 17-year-old kid, spend 20 years and become the greatest player the organization has ever seen with the likes of Magic Johnson playing in that same franchise, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry West. Those are great accomplishments. But perhaps his greatest accomplishment is inspiring millions of us to have Mamba mentality, to not quit, and to have your mental game Be as strong as your on-court game. Because once you conquer that mental block, the world is yours.